Hour of Devastation is a fan-supported, listener-supported podcast, supported by people just like you. If you like what you hear and want to show your support, head over to patreon.com slash hour of devastation. A pledge to start from as little as one dollar. Thanks. Welcome to Hour of Devastation, the weekly Magic the Gathering podcast, where we talk all things Magic the Gathering. I'm your host, Joe Loudon, and with me as always is Sam Neal. Hiya. How are you doing this week, Sam? It, it's been it a while, has been hasn't a while. It? You said weekly podcast, and that's not true anymore. Yeah. <laughs> uh, no, I just I love lying to our audience. It's, yeah, that's my favorite thing to do. Uh, it's it's been a time. I'm doing I'm mm. doing okay. I'm good. Doing, good to hear. Doing better than it was. Uh, yeah, the world's still terrible, and I feel bad about it. <laughs> yeah, it, it's it's been a little while since we we've done one of these, and the state of the world is. It's very real. It's it's not getting any better, really. Um, we figured it would be it would just be good just to take a little break for a little while. But you know, apologies for the I guess the radio silence. But we are we're back. We're back. Definitely, we're we're doing better. And a lot has a lot has changed in the the time since we last did an episode, hasn't it? Yeah, some things have definitely happened. I was worried, like oh, we're not going to have much to podcast about because you know the world's sort of at a standstill still and paper magic isn't happening and then just like a load of things happened um so we're going to talk about some of them all of them many of them today and we haven't planned and we're just going to keep talking until it's been roughly an hour and then we're going to stop yeah that's that's pretty much it (laughs) (laughs) yeah we've got we're going in very loose there's no set plan but yeah we figured there's so much to talk about please never say going in very loose ever again Oh, welcome back. Right, welcome right. Back. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, have you managed to engage with, with Magic at all since we last spoke here? I have played so much Magic, it's been ridiculous. Sweet. Yeah. What, what have you been up to? Uh, mainly Commander, which you have also been a part of, which we'll get to. Yeah. It's very exciting. Um, yeah, playing of a spell table. Playing Commander of a spell table with people has been uh, a big staple of my life recently. And it's been great. I think the you know the the magic uh, green light fund that I have like it like a million dollars for content creators. Yeah. I think they should just give that million dollars to whoever invented spell table. Yeah, they're a genius. They deserve a lot more credit than they get. Yeah. Yeah, I think that is one hundred percent the the best the best magic innovation to to come during this this the pandemic era. It's um, the best thing that's happened yeah, to me personally it's, it's... during this pandemic era. <laughs> Honestly, <laughs> it's it's up there for me as well. Um, just having or like very almost having that gathering element back to magic is is something that spell table enables so much easier than, than anything else like we've played arena over discord we've played i've played magic online and be in a discord chat and it's just not quite the same as getting to do the physical moving around of the cards and and just having that that banter for want of a better term with with whoever you're playing with it's it's so much fun it's been fantastic yeah, it's amazing it's it, it's really it's been nice to do something that kind of feels social um yeah. and just like getting to have a conversation but also play magic at the same time um the, the program just runs really well as well it's just it emulates a game of paper magic as well as you can uh, over a computer and it's been great not to have to yeah. sort of demote myself to magic online just to play commander <laughs> yeah definitely Sweet, yeah. Um, no, uh, big fan. It's been yeah, great. I have played some arena, uh, not much arena, because I still don't like arena. 
Um, <laughs> and then I've just bought loads of expensive magic cards. <laughs> That's been basically how I've spent cool. my time since we last recorded, uh, where I like swore off magic and was like, "Oh, it's terrible! I can't, I can't believe how much I hate magic." And then just like purchase some jewel lands and some foils, <laughs> like the idiot that I am, you know. It just, it can't, I can't, oh, I can't get its claws out of me. That's the problem. Oh yeah, no, you, you can't kill the beast. Yeah, like I, you know, make a tweet being like, "Oh, I hate magic so much, I never want to play it." Uh, and then just like the same day buy a scrubland it's <laughs> such as my brain <laughs> <laughs> yeah it's it's certainly been a time hasn't it? it yeah that's the way the only way you can describe it is it's been a time uh, mm. how is how has your your magic life been since since we last recorded uh, probably the best it's been in a very long time excellent <laughs> it's, it's very very strange yeah, yeah. so I guess uh, I guess since we last did this uh, I did some some EDH over over spell table. I've done a surprising amount of it. It's been really fun. So I played uh, mostly that deck that we brewed on here, and I've been having a lot of fun. I had one game where I, I wheeled sixteen times in a game. Mm-hmm. It was ridiculous. Yep. Everyone drew loads of cards. Everybody got upset with me. It was great fun for me and nobody else. And um, that's the commander yeah, experience. You get to have yeah. all the fun, and everyone absolutely hates you afterwards. <laughs> <laughs> It's great. Why, why didn't I try this before? I told you. I kept telling you. Uh, but yeah, I, I've enjoyed that a lot. I've, I've played with like... It's just that that gathering aspect, that social element that I've really missed from the game. Having that back has been fantastic. I've played with, with friends I've known for years. I've played with people from other countries who I've never met before. And it, it's just been so much fun. It, it almost felt like a GP at times, which which is great. Bring those back when it's safe. Definitely. Yeah, that's been the main thing that I don't know. It was very, very sad to have had to have to have had to miss GP Liverpool. Um, yeah, but playing Commando over webcam is similar, and purchasing yeah, those it's... expensive cards has made it similar. So, right, <laughs> it's the same thing. Well, I was going to say it, it's certainly cheaper than than going with a GP, but yeah, I, I guess <laughs> some of us have purchased expensive cards. <laughs> those uh, those funds have been reassigned. <laughs> Yeah. I was going to spend them anyway. Fair right? enough. Fair enough. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, I've, I've certainly done a bit of that. Shall I get onto in a bit? I guess. Uh, but yeah, other than than playing other spell table, I've been playing a fair bit of arena. Yes, you have. So, see, working from home fully enables me to to get a cheeky game in, the best of one. Uh, whenever, whenever I've got a bit of downtime, which tends to be a fair amount at the moment, which is which is good for my magic gaming, I guess. Uh, so I, since we last spoke, I did a complete 180 on on historic. I've gone from, oh, historic is a fake format and just just is crap and just isn't isn't real anyway. It's just a bunch of rotated cards plus some weird curated cards. To this is playing best of one historic. It's just a theme religiously. That's just a theme for yeah. us, where we say, oh, this particular aspect of magic is complete shit, and then. Within a very short time span, we move over to this aspect of magic is actually great. <laughs> That's just how we live our yeah. lives at this point. I think it's just magic players in general, isn't it? Yeah. Oh, we hate this thing, and then they try the thing, and they're like, "Oh, actually, this thing is good." We hate the other thing. Yeah, now. Like, we are not exempt from that in any kind of way. <laughs> we yeah, do that all the time. Fully, fully agree. So yeah, I, I got. Just like as everybody else is completely sick of the state of standard, it's it's not fun for anybody. It's it's just it's just miserable. It was miserable. There was one 
clearly defined best deck and I didn't have the deck on Arena, I didn't have the wild cards for the deck and even if I did I wouldn't build it and play it anyway because it's not a deck that I'm I would enjoy playing or I'm, I'm good at piloting at all so rather than just try to struggle in standard I figured why not just, just take these cards that I miss playing from like Dominaria standard like Teferi um, Hero of Dominaria and Teferi, uh, not Teferi Time Raveler, he was he was already in standard, but we'll stick him in as well. Uh, set all the wreckage and search for Scander. All all those fun cards. So I stuck together a blue white Yorian list and just found it really fun. I found that very quickly people have forgotten that settle of the wreckage was a card. So it was just just settling people just left, right, and center. It was nice and fun to be doing that again. And rather quickly, I found myself jumping up from I don't know. I think I'd been stuck in gold four for like a little while, uh, up, in, uh, up in Diamond 4, and I was like, okay, sweet, this is cool, maybe I'll, I'll keep going with this. Uh, and then, once I found myself in Diamond, I found that the, the decks got a lot more serious and a lot better, and so I decided, hey, look, it's it's coming closer to the end of the month, but maybe I'll hit Mythic, maybe maybe I'll finally do what I, what I wanted to do for so long now, and, and finally hit Mythic. Uh, so I decided to just have a look and see what else was was in the format, what other viable decks there are, what I might like to play. Uh, it seemed with the, the release of Jumpstart, that really sort of changed everything. You saw a lot of, of new sort of tribal synergies and, and tribal decks appearing. Uh, instantly seemed like Goblins was, was the best deck. I uh -huh. still think it probably is the best yep. deck. And especially in best of one. Uh, you can just you can go off so quickly. I've, I've lost one on their turn two before. It's it's ridiculous if you just get like an amazing hand. Uh, Goblins is is fantastic. Uh, and what else did I see? So, so elves, elves seem pretty good as well. And then you got the inclusion of cards like Crater Hoof Behemoth, um, which allows you to play like a like a transmogrify deck. So there were certainly some cool, like totally different, really powerful strategies there, which it seemed fresh and like a totally world away from standard. And then I remembered that, oh, Kethis combo was a thing. I wonder how that's doing. Uh, I saw Oliver 2's list and saw that he was doing pretty good with it. So I figured I'm just going to net deck this and see how that goes. Uh, fast forward about a week and I'm in Mythic. <laughs> Amazing. Finally, finally yeah. made it. And then, yeah, so I decided that uh, I was going to start streaming a bit more as well. And I, I streamed my, my journey through Mythic to try to, to be in the top 1200 to qualify. And eventually I did it. I ended up, last season, I ended up finishing in Mythic and I was number 1044. Good job, buddy. Yeah, it's amazing. Thank you. I'm super, super proud of it. It was, it felt really bizarre to just, you know, in the space of three weeks go from, oh, this is a fake format that is it's just crap and isn't fun. I don't know why this exists yeah. to, oh, okay, cool. Suddenly I'm, I'm in the top 1000 players of the yeah, game. That's our way. Well, yeah. not our way, because I'm currently in Bronze 4, but, you know, it's your way. <laughs> it is. It's my way. My way or the oh, highway. Oh, God, I knew you were going to say it. <laughs> cool, well, good job, good job. Are you yeah, continuing you. to grind? Uh, yeah, so uh, I'm back on the grind again. Um, I'm currently playing a blue-white auras list. Uh, reasons why, we'll talk about, I guess, a little bit later yes. on. There have been some shake-ups in the formats. Mm -hmm. But yeah, I'm continuing the grind. I'm currently in Diamond Four again, and it's like the 11th of August at this point. So I'm, I'm fairly certain if I keep going the way I am, I'll be Mythic before the end of the month. 
Not that I necessarily need to hit it again, because I've already qualified for Zendikar weekend in September. But it would just be nice to, to stay on that train and, and stream some more. So yeah, streaming's another thing that I've been doing a lot since we, we last spoke. Uh, and as of yesterday, I'm now Twitch affiliate as well. Amazing. Look how, so look how good you're doing no without one. me. <laughs> <laughs> I'm holding you back. <laughs> I, know, I, don't, I don't know what happened. I've gone from the space of like, oh, everything sucks. Magic is awful. You know, I'm just kind of living every day like Groundhog Day to suddenly, oh, hey, I'm I'm doing I'm doing well here. I'm doing well here. Everything's coming at Millhouse. Great. Yeah, it's, so it's been fun. I've been ha- having a lot of fun. That's really good. That sounds more productive than uh, yeah. <laughs> than my time off, I guess. But <laughs> well, if you if you class just being sat at a, a PC just grinding out your fifty eight percent win rate, then yeah, sure, it's productive. Yeah, I've been leveling World of Warcraft alts, so <laughs> okay, it's productive. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> you're definitely more productive than I am. Hmm. Cool. So yeah, it's been been fun. Amazing been very very fun right so we've got god there's so many things there are so many things to talk about where do you want to start because we're gonna we're probably gonna miss something (laughs) yeah i i think i think we just start start with the things that we've been alluding to a bit in that preamble Mm -hmm. um august 3rd 2020 there was a banned and restricted announcement oh boy was there yeah what felt like out of nowhere um so for for a while now, it seemed like there, there's been one deck that's just dominated standard. It's been a wilderness reclamation deck, um, or some form of wilderness reclamation deck. There were two or three different variants of it, but that was the problem card. Um, and it, it very much seemed that if you want to do well in standard, play this deck. And it all sort of culminated at the last uh, players tour, where there was 54-55% of the field were playing a wilderness reclamation deck. Yep. It was just it just levels that we we've never we've never seen before in Magic. Like I think I, I saw I can't remember who it was. Probably like Frank Austin was posting about it, um, comparing it to like the height of Callblade, and like in an era where Callblade was one hundred percent the best deck and everybody knew it, you didn't see fifty five percent of of people in in the the pro tier playing playing Callblade. We'd like we'd literally never seen anything like this before. It was, it was completely unprecedented, and it was the point where everybody everybody was sick of it, and it was like right, well, we'll get this over and done with, and then we're expecting a ban on Monday. They're going to ban something. Monday rolled around and nothing happened. Nothing happened. Everybody kicked off all week. Um, the, one of the magic social media accounts made a joke about complaining about wilderness reclamation. And and try to meme, and it just upset everybody. And <laughs> Brian Kibler absolutely destroyed <laughs> yeah. them in, in a reply, <laughs> uh, which was just quite funny to watch. Uh, and then that weekend went by, and there was you know six or seven new magic dramas. It's hard to keep up at this point. And then that Monday came around, and out of nowhere, there was a ban. Everything got banned. Yeah, there were Everything. just multiple bans all over the place. Pretty much doing what a lot of people have been crying out for for the past couple of months. Finally, they just hit us out of nowhere. Only one go. Yeah. So sh- should we should we run through what was banned? Yes. So in standard. Oh, that's maybe maybe we'll, we'll take it the other way. We'll go the the least impactful first. Sure. 
in Brawl. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Teferi Time Raveler was banned. Cool, yeah, it seems good. People yeah. hated playing against Teferi Time Raveler, and Brawl is meant to be a fun, casual format, akin to Commando, where you get to play whatever you want, and Teferi stops you doing any of those things, so sure, <laughs> seems fine. It's fine, yeah, nobody cares. It's yep. fine, get rid of them. Uh-huh. Uh, historic Wilderness Reclamation is suspended. And Teferi Time Raveler is suspended. Well, baby, those aren't going to stay on the suspended list for that long. <laughs> I imagine they're going to get banned fairly quickly. Yeah, well, hmm. I don't know. I think Wilderness Reclamation is probably going to end up being banned. Um, I think they were in the best of best of three, definitely. There was uh, Wilderness Reclamation, Nexus of Fate decks were just dominating. Uh, and then you had your, your traditional expansion explosion, Wilderness Reclamation decks that weren't even playing Nexus were doing very well as well. I think Wilderness Reclamation, without a doubt, will will just stay banned. Remember when we all thought Nexus of Fate was the problem? I mean, it was it was a problem for a multitude of reasons, but it wasn't the uh, it wasn't necessarily the problem in the in the reclamation decks. It wasn't the reason the Wilderness Reclamation decks playing Nexus of Fate were, were a problem. <laughs> no, <laughs> but I think I think Teferi Time Raveler. It's a little bit it's a little bit more grey on whether or not that'll be fully banned or or be be unsuspended and then maybe suspended again later. I think Teferi was definitely not as much of an issue as Wilderness Reclamation. And I think Teferi in in Best of One specifically, Teferi wasn't a problem at all. I think in in Best of Three it might have been, because the meta's completely different there. Uh so I wouldn't be I wouldn't be surprised if there was some sort of like Teferi is banned in best of three, but comes off the suspended list for best of one. Because you know, that's something that they do do for historic anyway. So maybe that's something they could do. Um, but I think very much they've taken into consideration again that while the card itself is is powerful, this probably isn't a ban for power level reasons. This is a ban because this is not a fun card to play against for anybody. Yeah, uh, yeah. Somebody who absolutely loves the card, I, I fully agree and understand that it's not a fun card to play against at all. Um, I I lie on the side that they shouldn't ban cards for for not being fun to play against, but I fully understand why they would do that because if your game isn't fun, nobody's going to play it. And yeah, exactly. Yeah, you want people playing a game. Teferi isn't a fun card. Like full stop. I love it. It's not a fun card. Uh, so I, I do. I don't agree with the decision, but I do fully, fully understand it. Yeah, I mean, I think they have to consider that. Yeah. Otherwise, oh, yeah. they're just because you know they're a game that has to pay attention to its audience, and if your audience is almost exclusively saying we're not having any fun then you have to do something about that right yeah absolutely you see it happen in other games where stuff gets nerfed or changed or whatever because it's not fun for people who are playing it so yeah i think it's perfectly acceptable yeah i think it's it's one of those situations as well where i guess because because arena's such a big open accessible platform for for everybody and they have data for everybody across the whole the whole spectrum of, of, of players, whether you're just casually jumping in queues or you're you know you're in the MPL, I think they have to treat everybody equally when it comes to cards. When it comes to like the legalness of cards on, on something like Arena, and a card not being fun to play against 
doesn't have half the impact to you know your MPL, your highly competitive grinder player, as it does to you know your casual player who's you know pumping their parents' credit cards into buying gems. Yeah, like your grinders don't care for if if a card or a deck's fun to play against. All they care about is is it powerful? Is it the right deck to play? They care more about power level bands than fun. Whereas if yeah if if, if Timmy or Tammy are pumping pumping the parents' credit cards in Arena to buy gems and they stop because they're sick of getting paired against Teferi, then you should probably get rid of Teferi. Yeah, I think it's perfectly defensible. And I yeah. think most people are fairly happy about it. Yeah, I, oh, yeah, I think so, definitely. I think I'm, I'm very much in the minority where I disagree with the band, but yeah, I, I fully understand it. Yeah, it's it's a it's a un, un, unenviable place to be in, I suppose. <laughs> yeah. like, I get it, but I don't like it. Yeah. Speaking of things I get but don't like, uh-huh. <laughs> uh, let's move on to the, the 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 area of the bands that I think I think genuinely upset me a bit. Oh, good. So first, did up, they we somehow have... ban Splinter Twin in modern again? Uh, yeah, believe it. They, ban- <laughs> they banned Splinter Twin, Pestamite, Kijiji, and Deceiver Exarch all at once. <laughs> what a time to be alive! In Pioneer, Inverter of Truth is banned. Kethis, the Hidden Hand, is banned. Walking Ballista is banned, and Underworld Breach is banned. Oh baby, I love it. Oh, I love it so much. I hate it so much. It's so, so com- great. Combo is dead in yeah, Pioneer. You aren't is, allowed to play a combo deck. Which is great. I hate it. Uh, that, g- give us one. Give us one. I think I I was discussing this with a few people recently, and you know it was quite clear that Inver- Inverter was was the best deck in the format. Uh, that combo was very strong. Combo had overtaken the format, which which led to a lot of people losing interest in the format and not wanting to play it. Combo's very Marmite. You love it or you hate it. I think the majority of people hate it. And again, understandable. Totally understandable. But I I just hate that they've they've banned all of the combo decks. Like just just leave us one. Leave us one and, and tune it down. I think I was was talking about like literally like the a couple of hours before it, the banner of secret announcement so I was saying like oh like Inverter's probably going to get banned at some point but when it does I'll pick up Kethis and we'll play the Kethis deck yep they they saw into the future <laughs> yeah they did they, 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 hit every, they hit everything and again I do I understand it I don't agree I don't agree with it at all I think this does come from that that fun aspect again if it, it got to the point where, where Pioneer challenges weren't firing because there weren't enough people, then they, they slashed the number of people you needed to fire a Pioneer challenge in half, and some of them were firing, some of them weren't even then. People just just got sick of the format, and the format was dying, really, it really, yeah. really was. Yeah. Again, if if no if your game isn't fun and nobody's playing it, then you have to make changes, regardless of whether, it's, whether the data says it's right or not. And well, it's... Yeah, I... I personally wish they would have banned th- three three of the key combo pieces and then weakened one of them. So ban Breach, ban Ballista, ban Kethis, and then ban Dig Through Time or Thassa's Oracle. I think that yeah. would have been something that I, I would have much preferred. I mean, things can change in the future and we'll see what happens there. But yeah, I think that's what, would have, what I would have done at this point. I think it's the it's the fact that they this is the precedent they set at the beginning mm-hmm. of the format. Yeah. That combo decks weren't going to be a thing. Yeah. That they 
just banned everything that was a combo deck, basically, right? So they they banned the Sahili Cat deck, they banned the Mono Green deck with its ridiculous starts and stuff, and tried to yep. deal with that. And then that's why everyone assumed that Inverter of Truth, or at least something from that deck, was going to get banned because yep. they created Pioneer as a format that wasn't going to have infinite combo decks or incredibly yeah, yeah. fast combo decks. So. I think that's uh, personally <laughs> I'm a big fan of the fact that they've, they've just taken that move it just seems weird that they've taken so long to do it when as you say this format has just been unapproachable for most people for such a long time because of these combo decks when yeah. we all assumed that Inverter of Truth was going to get banned like five six months ago <laughs> when the deck first started getting really good um, it just and, and for them to do it all in one day without any kind of warning or any kind of indication that was going to happen, uh, coupled with all the bands and all the other formats, it's it's a very strange way for them to have done it. But I'm yeah. a big fan. It seems like people are enjoying the format a lot more because there's more diversity. And a more diverse format obviously doesn't make a better format. It doesn't necessarily make a more enjoyable format. But when you've got this brand new exciting format and it's dominated by Sahili Cat and that gets banned, then it's dominated by the Monogreen deck, and that gets banned, then it's dominated by Inverter, and you can't really get a look in with other decks, unless you're playing one of the other stupid combo decks, like the Ballista deck, or the the Breach deck, or, yeah. or anything like that, then it, it, it means you can't play the kind of magic you want, and, and that's always been my attitude towards magic. No, that... I can't play the kind of magic <laughs> Exactly, <I want. laughs> of course, of course. But it's, it's been, and then obviously, you know, and I've, I've discussed this, and I understand this, it's not, it's not yeah. an ideal... Uh, point of view to have on on magic, but I play the formats where I can play what I want. Yeah, totally. So, so you look at Legacy historically, which <laughs> still not a big fan of because of Astrolabe, but you can do whatever you want, and you can play your combo decks. You can also play your fair mid range decks, you play your control decks, play your aggro decks, whatever. Um, and those have been the formats that I found the most fun in because I can do the kind of thing that I want, um, while other people are also allowed to do the thing they want. Whereas if yeah, your format is enti- exclusively defined by combo decks, right? Which which Pioneer was then you're alienating a lot of people from that from that format that want to play like their blue-white control deck or they want to play their niv to light deck or, or what have you. Yeah, totally. And it seems like a lot of a, a lot of people, like you know, forward-facing people at least, like content creators and everything, seem to be engaging with the format a lot more and, and seem to be having a lot more fun now that they can do, quote-unquote, whatever they want. Yeah, that's it. I think the... So the issue with it was, in, in the past... Their their bands have always been data driven, and they've said it again in this. Like the data doesn't necessarily show that inverter is is a problem. Is this this unbeatable deck? You look at its its game win percentages. You look at its meta shares, and it's it's not. It hasn't been as much of a problem as as other things, other really problematic things have been in the past. But if constantly being paired against combo decks in 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 leagues is something that you don't enjoy to the point where you're not going to play the format anymore then that that is going to have a big impact definitely and the majority of people seem to be in that camp that they just got sick of getting paired against combo decks so they stopped playing so they changed their philosophy at least for for this band and restricted announcement that rather than just being purely driven by the data they were taking community feedback, and the, you know it was quite clear that they needed to do something drastic just to get people playing again. And that's, like I said, I it is probably the the correct decision. I do definitely understand it. I just wish I wish they'd given us a combo deck, just one of them. Sure, I understand that. Especially yeah. since like most formats are defined by one combo deck in some respect or another. But I think if you if you set out this sort of, I don't know tagline for your format where it's not the combo format 
and that's kind of what you've proven that you want to do historically, then I think removing <laughs> the combos from that format is probably a great idea. Sure. If you yeah. just you want if you want Pioneer to exist as, as your non-combo format where you get to just play magic, then you've got to just be cutthroat with it and just yeah. not, not allow any kind of combo decks in the format. So Yeah. I, I understand it definitely. And at least they didn't ban Teferi Time Raveler there, so Yeah, I can still play that. <laughs> Azorius control is back on the back on the table. Absolutely, and it seems really good, to be fair. Yeah. 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 And play Elixir Immortality and everything. It's gonna be great for, oh, that's for me, exactly. That's so much worse than Inverter of Truth. Yep. God. Yep. <laughs> Great. <laughs> Let's move on to standard. Uh, yeah. So I think this is arguably where the biggest shakeup has gone. Uh, I guess if we go back to that whole 55% of the standard meta, we look at the cards that were banned. Wilderness Reclamation is banned. Growth Spiral is banned. Teferi Time Reveler is banned. And Cauldron Familiar is banned. Growth Spiral. Yep. Growth Spiral. Is it, yeah, I fully fully agree that that card needed to be banned. I mean, you could you can argue that it's Euro. Yep. <laughs> but I don't know. You can't always play an Euro on turn two. You can pretty much always play a Growth Spiral on turn two. Yeah, yeah. So they've just decided to gut the entire format. Yeah, like it needed to happen. Two months out of all those cards completely rotating. Yeah. <laughs> Which is um, an interesting move, and uh, honestly, I think a welcome one. I think. Yeah, I think so. These are the things they wanted, what people wanted them to do for months and months and months and months, yeah. and the format has been degenerate in a sense, um, or at least parasitic in a sense, yeah. for months and months and months and months. So, the fact they're willing to just take, the, you know, just pull the trigger on the, you know, the villains of the format. Or at least the staples of the format is great. It's it's uh, you know at least let people have two months of fun before Zendikar Rising obviously ruins the format again because <laughs> of something something heinous that they've done. I'm sure. Oh yeah, definitely. Something's gonna gonna ruin it. Definitely. I, yep. I fully agree there. Yeah, I I think uh, for the longest time it's it's been obvious that wilderness reclamation is a problem. It's it's that thing again. Like free spells and magic are a problem, and. While wilderness reclamation isn't exactly free, it's it's pseudo free because you cast it and then you're on top of your lands again, and then you cast things and then you're on top of your lands again, and it's yeah it's free mana, free cards, very very fast mana acceleration is is very much a problem in standard. Always has, always will be. Hopefully they've learned. Probably haven't. We said that every time there's been a free spell. Yep. Hopefully they've learned, and they never yep. do. But I guess no. this is still part of the same cycle, right? Yeah, because like probably. you know, us complaining about once upon a time is a problem because free spells were a problem was post wilderness reclamation. It's yeah. just taken <laughs> us. It's just taken us this long, or at least it's taken wizards this long to understand that that card is not healthy yeah. for any kind of format. Wilderness reclamation came out long before uh, once upon a time and fires fires of invention came out. Exactly. Yeah. Well, this is the thing that they they've made more heinous mistakes since. And we kind of looked back on uh, Ravager Allegiance, which both Grow Spiral and Wilderness Reclamation come from, as mm. markers of <laughs> magic before it got stupid and degenerate, right? Yeah, like, well, Ravager Allegiance was it was the last set. Uh, it was the last set released to not have a card banned from it. Now it's got two. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Like, before before you Teferi, before you Oko, 
before Once Upon a Time, before Veil of Summer, before all this absolute nonsense just destroyed magic. Um, and then turns out it was one of the biggest villains all along. Yeah. <laughs> Who'd have thought? I mean, to be fair, we knew that that card was a problem. Like, like you were saying yeah. earlier yeah. on, like, Woodlands Reclamation decks have been a staple of the format since that cards existed. Yeah, It's always been at least okay. Yeah, Turbo Fog and Exodus of Fate, that was a thing for ages, well before this. Yeah, and there, there have been Team Erect decks playing Expansion Explosion for, for pretty much as long as those cards have been legal, so... Yeah. Like... <laughs> Yeah, apparently they just can't design good magic cards anymore, and it's been so long since we've uh, not had a ban. <laughs> it just feels <laughs> heinous. Yeah, yeah. Because you go yeah, back and I, look, like since since Ravnica Allegiance, like, there's been a card ban in some format from every set. Yeah, yeah. Because yeah, every set, there wasn't... every set. I guess every set since Guild of Ravnica now has had a, yeah. a card ban. Because so every there wasn't... set from 2019 onwards has had a card ban. Yeah, because previously it also didn't include War of Spark. Yeah. But to fairy, <laughs> yeah, so, and now reclamation and growth spiral, it's completely bananas. And uh, there was a there's a graphic that uh, I can't remember who posted on Twitter, just comparing the the bannings in standard. If you look at between uh, uh, 2010 and 2016, yeah, and there are two cards banned, which is Stoneforge and Jace, Jace yeah. which is still considered two of the most powerful magic cards ever printed. And then you oh, look at it. imagine if Stoneforge Mystic was in this standard. I oh, know, right? What a joke! What a joke of a card that would be. But then, yeah, you look at 2017 to 2020, and it's just like a hundred cards. Yeah, it's I, I don't understand how this I, keeps happening. I mean, but I, I understand. I really do understand. I just, yeah, I just, I just think that. It's the lack of foresight in in chasing of of excitement and profit, isn't it? Well, remember when we all thought the uh, the future future league were going to save magic and it was going to be this great savior of constructed play? Yeah, and, <laughs> and I mean, apparently they've just missed literally. Every- I mean, you know, maybe maybe they have prevented even bigger mistakes from seeing the light of day, right? Yeah, quite but probably. also <laughs> all of these things have just slipped through the cracks, I guess. Yeah, which is wild. I think the the issue is, I think Arena, Arena was far more successful, far faster than anybody uh, who is a a shareholder in Hasbro thought it was going to be, and it has made them a, a lot a lot of money uh, very very quickly. They've just suddenly found themselves with this really really influential game, um, and they're they're in a, a very highly competitive space so you look at like you look at other games in that space in the esports space and it, it's all about big fun flashy exciting things and it seems to be around around the time that arena launched is when they they changed their design philosophy to, to fire i can't remember what the what the acronym stands for exactly but it's it's meant to be fun and big and flashy and exciting, and I think all of these cards, well, at least the majority of these cards, really do echo that. The issue is it's just a completely different design philosophy to what Magic's had for the past, I don't know, like 20 years, probably? Yeah. Like, since Magic design philosophy actually existed and wasn't just uh, two people trying to rush out an expansion <laughs> for, <laughs> like, Fallen Empires or something. Yeah, certainly... It's not the same design design philosophy that brought me into the game, right? Yeah, totally. Like, I think if I started playing Magic now, and, you know, this was my introduction to Standard, <laughs> I don't know 
I, I, I guess that applies only in terms of paper magic. I guess in terms yeah. of arena, it's it's a far easier pill to swallow if you just keep getting given wild cards <laughs> for yeah, these, these mistakes they make. But if I was playing paper magic now, I don't think I'd have I'd be anywhere near as invested as I currently am if if I'd had to live through, you know, Field of the Dead and Oko and Veil of Summer and World <laughs> of Reclamation. It's just so much to. But then again, maybe that's your jam, and you know, if you like Hearthstone, where you know stuff gets nerfed every other week and, and stuff like that. So it's just it's it's very different to the magic that I fell in love with. I think is the point. Yeah, I, I fully agree. It's, it's exactly the same for me here as well. I I think one one really glaring data point for me, I think, is um, is the card Baneslayer Angel. You have a look at Baneslayer yeah, yeah. Angel when Baneslayer Angel came out in twenty ten. You know, I wasn't playing Magic at the time, but like, that's an indicator of of the height of power of just this pushed, fantastic, amazing. This is the pinnacle of Magic card design in 2010. You know, was was everywhere in standard. It was it was like a, a forty fifty dollar card or whatever. Like that card was fantastic at the time, and that was released in in core 2010. Uh, and then, Baneslayer Angel was re released this year in core set 2021. And it's unplayable. It's just entirely crap. unplayable. Yep. Yeah, it's it's not a good card. It's a fine card in limited, but in constructed, it's not a good card. No, it's Dies to close, cast down. It's not even close to being playable. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> no, it's, it's not completely mad. Yeah, uh, so I think I think looking at that card specifically really really highlights just the complete difference in design philosophy that there has been since it, since that card was created. Yeah, absolutely. And we're paying for that now, I guess. Or at least experiencing mm. that now, I don't know. Yeah. I don't know whether I want to be that hard on them. Cause yeah, no, I, I don't. I don't know if pain for it is the term I would use, but we, we are definitely experiencing it. Um, and I do, It's it's not all. It's not all bad. It's not all horrendous. But it's it's very different. I think they've definitely got a lot of lessons to learn from from the past year uh, across everything, across absolutely everything, and. You know, fingers crossed, Magic Core Set Thirty or Core Set Twenty Thirty One, when they reprint Pain Slayer Angel again, it'll it'll look more like a playable card. <laughs> Could you imagine? Yeah, I hope so. I oh really hope so. God, I hope I'm still playing Magic at that point. Because <laughs> it's getting dicey. <laughs> uh, Probably just sold all my jewel lands and bought a yacht at that point. <laughs> <laughs> just cashing in all your cryptocurrency. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Uh, yeah, so that's that's the bands, I guess. Yeah, uh, I I think the standard ones are great. I still don't have any desire to play standard because. Well, do you like Lucky Clover? It's <laughs> no point. Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, you can play Historic instead. Yeah, that's what I'm doing. Historic's great, good fun. Uh, I'm gonna pick up standard again where, when rotation happens. So I'll have to for this um, Zendikar Rising weekend. I'm qualified for now. Um, but yeah, it's. It's it's been a couple of weeks and everything's changed. Yeah. So where do you want to move to next? Oh, I think we, uh, I think we we hit the the double masters next. Oh, my favourite magic set of all time. Yeah, absolutely. Go off. This set is very very good. <laughs> yeah. It's basically I, what my argument boils down to. I fully agree. So I guess we we talked about it a bit in in the past, uh, but obviously we hadn't had many or any of the cards really previewed from from double masters uh, you know we knew it was coming we knew it was a master set we knew uh, it was going to be 
have a, have a, have a double theme, so it was going to be two rares or mythics uh, and two foils per pack. Uh, you know, double everything, probably double the price. $100 booster packs. We, we, those were the things we knew at that point. And then, obviously, since then, we've had the full set revealed and we've had the... Uh, had the set actually released as well um and yeah i think it it's it's done or at least so far it's done the job that every single master set always does um you know people complain and go oh wizards say this product isn't for you but really it, it is for you like if you play magic if you play any form of magic that isn't standard double masters is entirely for you because it, it brings down the price of singles you might not be buying the packs you might not be opening the product but it means you know your 40 50 quid Dublin season is now 20 pounds that means the products for you I, I absolutely double masters is great it's so good for so many reasons yeah. and my favorite thing about it is of course all the people over the last three weeks who were decrying how crap it was and how they didn't want to pay this this price and how a hundred dollar boost packs was stupid and they were never going to touch Double Masters, have all bought like seven boxes each. So, <laughs> because of course they have, because that's what Magic players do. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's great for all sorts of reasons. I think the set in itself, I have not drafted it yet, though I might log on to Magic Online and actually draft it, because it seems yeah. great. The set I'm going to do a draft on Friday. Um, Sweet. I'm going to stream a draft on Friday, because I've got play points. Class, okay. The, the format seems great. The construction of the set seems great. All the cards in it are great. There are incredibly meaningful reprints for a bunch yeah. of different formats. There are the the box toppers, the extended art cards are all incredible. Yep, uh, every single one is a hit, and I love them, including the ones that are commons. <laughs> Stop complaining yep. about the fact that commons. Yeah, because my my biggest gripe of the whole thing is people going, "Oh, they've upshifted commons to rare." I would so so much rather have have an have a Tron land or an expedition map as my box topper than. I don't know, like any any junk rare. Like imagine like Phyrexian Revoker full art or like full art. No like, one wants that. Lux Cannon or something. Exactly. The worst, absolute worst. They've cherry picked staples of formats. Yep. Force of Will, Doubling Season, Expedition Map, Crop Rotation. They've cherry picked them. Exploration. They're all great, and the fact that some of them are commons is good. <laughs> Yeah, and they're great. Agree. And also, the Tron lands are worth a lot of money. So shut up. Yeah, <laughs> uh, they're all they're all good. And also, they've downshifted a lot of things to common in the set. Yeah. So they're much cheaper. <laughs> they have crafted an excellent set, and it is. I'm not going to say worth the price, but it has it, already meaningfully moved the prices of Magic cards. Yeah, absolutely. It. it I mean, worth the price is it's always a subjective term it depends entirely on what your buy-in price is um yeah i guess me personally i i've so from from double double masters i bought a vip booster which i've opened i'll go through that in a second uh-huh. uh, and <laughs> i have purchased a box as well uh, the box is currently uh, with a courier who will be arriving with me tomorrow Amazing. I got both of those at fantastic prices. Uh, the VIP booster I got for £84 posted. Jesus. And the Double Masters box I got for £180 posted because Wayland Games made a huge mistake. Oh, we should... Oh, I have a lot of feelings about the Wayland Games situation and I don't think it's 
I don't think it's right to discuss it in a podcast. I <laughs> also don't think we have enough time for it. I think there's a lot to go into that, and sure. I will just point out that currently on the Wayman Games website, they are selling with more than ten in stock double masters booster boxes for two hundred and seventy pounds. Yep, I'll leave it at that. Pour <laughs> some money back somewhere. Somehow. Uh, damn it. Uh, yeah, it's it, it's a great set. Yeah. Um, I assume from what I've seen, the draft seems great. The fact that it's artifact masters is, is great. Um, it's crushed the price of a bunch of cards for EDH that were expensive just because they were expensive because they were scarce. Stuff like Reister yeah. Redeemed, which was incredibly expensive for basically no reason other than no one had any Shadowmore cards. <laughs> um, it has moved down the price of stuff like Mana Crypt and Doubling Season <clears throat> and those cards will go back up in price in about two months time and will be more expensive than they were pre this set which is a good thing. That's how magic cards work. If you want to buy the expensive magic cards, buy them now. Don't, in three months' time, come at me and say, Double Masters didn't move the price of cards. They're more expensive than they were before. That's how it happens every time. Literally, there is a model <laughs> for how uh, the price of magic cards fluctuates after the release of a magic set, and they get crushed, and then they are low for a period of time where you should buy them, and then they are more expensive than they were before because there is a great supply and people have bought them all. Yep. Stop owning, please. It's extremely <laughs> frustrating. Um, and also, don't buy booster packs and then cry because you didn't get a mana crypt. You could have just bought a mana crypt for sixty pounds. Yep. Oh yeah, fully, fully agree <laughs> on that one. But yeah, that's the thing. It's it, it's it's made things affordable. I have picked up some sweet pimp cards for my EDH decks. Um, I actually own a foil Blightsteel Colossus, which is great. Sweet. Um, and the foil box stopper Toxic Deluge, which is one of my favourite things I own now because Richard Kane Ferguson is incredible. And his Toxic Deluge art is amazing. Yeah, I think it looks great. It's absolutely fantastic. So many of these reprints are meaningful. They reprinted all the swords. They reprinted Stoneforge Mystic, Jace again, Mana Crypt, Doubling Season, Wormcoil Engine, Khan, Tronlands. That's that's actually yeah. a, bit, a big thing because Tronlands are, should not be more than 50p. And yeah, they're currently prior 50p. Prior to this, fo- foil Tronlands prior to this, like 30, 40 quid each. Exactly. It's like. Oh, a couple of quid if you want to foil yeah. any of the Tronlands Ex- foil. Expedition maps. Fantastic. Expedition maps were like five quid each, non-foil. And they're a common yeah, yeah, they're a yeah. common in this set. Fatal push, foil, common well, in this set. Foil chromatic stars prior to this, they were getting expensive as well. Exactly. They, chromatic stars were just Worm expensive. Coil engine, just so so many cards. Trinosphere. Trin- like, Trinosphere's great, the, yeah. Yeah. It's Bat- it's a great set. Batskull and Stoneforge are both in the set. Absolutely fantastic. Chromox. Sword yeah. of the Meek. Yeah. All these all these cards that were just expensive because not enough copies of them physically existed on the planet Earth now have their prices at either just like a couple of quid when they were previously like above ten or they've actually reduced to a point where they are now affordable and will just provably go up in price over a period of time. Yeah, absolutely. This is great for everyone involved. If you have the expendable income currently to spend on magic cards, it's a great time to buy Double Masters cards. Yeah. Fully, fully agree it's <laughs> it's just it's great in every respect and all the people that were complaining about before are now quiet because they've realised how good the set is. It's it's a it's it's a great set and the fact that it costs loads of money to buy a booster pack, don't buy a booster pack. Stop buying booster packs. <laughs> buy booster packs because they're fun. But if you want to buy a booster box because it's fun to open, cool, because opening booster boxes is really fun and I do it occasionally because it's fun. But I also know that when I'm doing that I'm just pissing money away and I will not get a good return. Yeah, that's it, hundred um, percent. So shut up. Yeah, I think there are there are a couple of strange 
reprints in the set. I think that have also appeared in, in other reprint products very, very recently. But I think if you look at the design history of the, of the set and things that like they've talked about in articles, like this was designed, or I guess it, it was in concept around the same time that Ultimate Masters was. But at that time, Ultimate Masters was Graveyard Masters and this was going to be Artifact Masters. Yes, yes. So I think what they've done is they've, they've had this, this Artifact Masters themed master set all, all sat there on a shelf ready to go and they've gone into some sort of marketing meeting and gone, look, we want to bring master sets back. How can we do it in a you know in a way that's exciting? How can we apply this fire design philosophy to to master sets? And someone's go, oh, oh, double. What what have we what have we just put? What have we put two rares in every pack? And they've gone, oh, that's great, and we can charge a little bit more for it as well. Yeah, we exactly. Double masters, and you know, I think it's perfect. The artifact theme is, is the artifact theme is fantastic and. St- it's it's just it's just a great bit of great bit of magic gameplay magic design awesome and then the the whole double thing is is just a nice bit of marketing that ends up being even better for players because yeah. you suddenly have double rares yeah. floating the marketplace so like, your, your singles are even cheaper yeah this is the thing like marketing and advertisement and capitalism and consumerism in general are evil and I hate them in my day to day life very very much. Yeah. But when it comes to magic, that gets completely turned on its head because I'm a bad person. Uh, but it's it's one of those things that you you cannot avoid in life. That is the the, the way yeah. the vast majority of the world works. And if you're going to live under that system, and if you're going to engage in a game that thrives under that system, then you should at least try to take advantage of it and understand it if you're going to play within it. Of course, yeah, and that's what I've, you've ha- you have to do if you want this game to give you reasonable returns or yep. for, your, for, for the investment that you put into it. It's why you shouldn't buy booster packs, it's why you should just buy reservers cards. Like if, yeah. if, if you have a set amount of budget and a set amount of money that you're willing to part with on this specific hobby, there are ways that, to do it that are smart and that will give yeah. you the biggest returns if you ever want to cash out and will make the game the cheapest it possibly can be for you in, every, in whichever way you want to play. And you can make magic very... I don't want to say affordable because it's it's a luxury hobby that requires um, a lot of in, a lot a lot a lot of money to play at the top levels, and it's not accessible to everyone, and that is terrible. But it makes it affordable for the budget that you like. You make your money go further, essentially, right? It doesn't make it cheap, but it makes yeah. it means that if you have you know a hundred quid a month to spend on magic, it means you get much more for that hundred pounds if you well, that's it. play it if, smart. Yeah, if if in, in twenty twenty you're somebody who is is able to in, engage with with games in in any way then magic is magic is is magic has has systems where you can make the make the game work for you you know, by by understanding card prices and markets and how all of that works but you know like arena is also a thing as well it it you can play like like i have entirely free to play on arena i hit mythic haven't put any money into into arena at all it's something that if you if you can and and you're willing to willing to adapt and willing to to, you know take advantage of of how the game and how how the systems work then you can you can you can make your 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 budget stretch further definitely yeah like we said master sets that might not mean buying a box that might not mean buying boosters but you know it's certainly it's certainly Makes singles cheaper for absolutely everybody, and yeah. that's great. It makes it makes Stoneforge Mystics more affordable. It makes Blood Moons more affordable. It makes basically the entire of the Tron deck more affordable. Yeah, especially thanks to Ugin being in M twenty one. Like it's yeah, it's great. Fantastic timing. It's yeah. 
it's perfect. It's it's a wonderful product, and the marketing has been great because double masters putting double rares in in, in boosters does literally nothing to Wizards of the Coast bottom line. It is exactly the same cost to print all of these cards as it would be yep. if there was a single rare. They're just charging you more money for it, which means they get more money because that's how capitalism works. And because of the secondary market, you get more return for your money. And it's also crushed the prices, so if you want to go pick up cards as singles, which you should do, it's made that much more affordable. Um, yeah. And also, just the, the extended art's great, and the concept is great, and artifacts are cool. <laughs> like, <Yeah>. this product, <laughs> this is just like the perfect Masters product, and I think, I, I like to think they've learned from stuff like Iconic Masters and, and, and Masters 25, and they've just stuffed this set full of, and you know, they've, they've kind of, I don't know how to word it. Well, the fact that it's double masters, they've able they were able to push the price, and therefore, I guess, with their whole reprint equity nonsense, justified putting much more expensive cards in. Like this, these are the most, like the the, the biggest uh, number of expensive reprints in a Magic set ever. Yeah, definitely. Like I mean, Avacyn's I mean, still, in there, and that's great. I still think that they they could have included some better lands, but. You know, at the same time, they're they're a, 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 a multi-billion-dollar corporation. Hasbro is like they're they're not. They just need the fetch lands. They need the fetch lands to to sell a different set. Yeah, because they know yeah. that they can. They need the fetch lands to sell triple masters at yeah, three hundred pounds a box. Exactly, like. it's been it's been proven um, proven to them by us that we will literally ravenously buy any product that has fetch lands in it, so they can make a set that is complete garbage. And just put some fetch lands in it, and it'll sell like crazy. Yeah. Whereas that's that's not what this is, and the filter lands being like three quid each is great. <laughs> like yeah, filter lands being yeah. worth no money because they're barely playable anywhere, even EDH is great. Just make all these cards nothing, and then you have your super staples, which will always be expensive, like mana crypt and Jace. Just get depressed for a bit so that you can afford them. If you want yeah, to, totally. it's great. It's it's a perfect product. I'm I'm very happy. Yeah, I love it. I love it. I'm gonna quickly run through my my hits from my. my oh yeah, you booster. actually bit the bullet and spent eighty four pounds on a booster pack. I did. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, so I have. I I think my only my only issue with with the pack is is the, the term VIP. I I don't like that myself. I think, you know, if if you're Wizards of the Coast, you're putting out a product saying, oh, this is a VIP booster, so this product is only for VIPs. I think that's really bad messaging to be given out. I think all of your customers are, are VIPs. They're all very important, depending on, you know, are they buying one booster pack or are they buying 100 booster packs? It, it, it doesn't matter. All of your customers are important. Mm-hmm. I think if they'd, if they'd named this the, you know, the Collector's Edition or the Mythic Edition, then I wouldn't have an issue with it at all. Uh, it's it's a stupidly expensive product. Like it, one hundred percent is. It's 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 like it's absolute madness. If you if you compare like if you compare the price of a single booster pack of cards to just just anything anything like meaningful in people's day to day lives, then it's absolutely ludicrous. It's completely ludicrous that a single booster pack of Magic the Gathering cards should cost more than my weekly shop. Yes, correct. It's absolutely ludicrous. But I'm somebody who's in a position where I 
you know, I, I'm lucky enough to have the disposable income where I can do that. I can buy that if I want to. And it was, so my, I guess my decision to, to buy it was, was twofold really. It was a, I, I guess, you know, first off I am somebody who can afford to buy one of these packs, which majority of Magic players aren't. I totally, totally understand that. Uh, especially in these times, your money is 100% better off elsewhere. But I saw it at what I thought was a very good price, £84 posted. You look at, like, like we're talking about playing the game, bending the rules to fit you, then if you want to look at things like, like EV and you know, expected value of what you would open in a, in a pack, then that was absolutely fantastic in terms of, of EV. And also, I hit Mythic for the first time and made top 1200 for the first time ever in the same month. And it's something that I was really, really proud of and wanted to treat myself for. And I figured, hey, this this would be the perfect time to do it. Uh, and yeah, that's I guess, the the reasons why I'm, I'm trying to justify why I bought... I, I totally would not recommend anybody buying this product, but they're, they're the reason that I bought this this £84 it's booster pack. one of my favourite things about Magic the Gathering specifically is when people reward themselves for doing well in the game by yeah. by spending loads of money on game pieces. Yeah. <laughs> so it's yeah. one of the best things ever. Yeah, it was like when Menguchi won that million dollar tournament and was like, I'm going to buy some beta power. Yeah, like, it's great. It's, it's <laughs> fantastic. A, it's such a great insular hobby. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so yeah, I, I, I bought the bullet in, in bit one and uh, my friend Chris bought one as well. A friend of the podcast, Chris. Chris bought one too. Yes. Chris from Past Left Drafts. That's it. Go check out Past Left Drafts on YouTube. Always Probably be plugging. Plugging for you there. Hell yeah. Uh, yeah, Chris bought one too. So we opened up on stream together and we did a, a pack wars. Who got the worst value? Who got the best value? And yeah, it was... We, we both came out ahead in the end, but it was it was very, very close. Very, very touch and go for Chris, especially. Um so I guess I'll run through. I'm going to run through every card because there's like 33 cards here and a bunch of lands by a sex offender. Um, <laughs> it's good so to point that out. It's very good to point that out. I'm just gonna just gonna hit on on what I think are the, are the hits, like the choice cards from my booster pack. So uh -huh. we've got a foil brainstorm. Nice, fantastic. That's worth like you know two pounds or something now. We're selling them for like which, a pound. Which yeah, there we go, a pound. It's amazing. That's so good. I remember when. Like conspiracy foil brainstorm yep. came out, mm -hmm. and I, I opened one in the first conspiracy draft I did and sold it for twenty pounds. Yes, like, <laughs> incredible, absolutely <laughs> incredible. The fact that you can sell that for a pound all day long, amazing. Yeah. Uh, another choice cut from my pack is foil manamorphose. Nice. I traded in a place at a regular manamorphose at a GP. It might have been GP Liverpool, or maybe yeah. I think it was London. Was it London? Was it London? One of the GPs, I traded in a playset of regular Manamorphos for two Null Rods. <laughs> <laughs> Can't do that anymore. And now, and now this is this is probably like, what, like a pound, two pound now? If that. Absolutely fantastic. It's lowered the price. It's great. Uh, next up, I've got a Foil Ursa's Power Plant. Incredible. This, this a couple of years ago, even a year ago, this is 30, 40 quid easily. Yep. And now it's a pound, if that. Mm-hmm. Uh, next up, Foil Ancient Stirrings. Nice. There we go. There's another one which was was pushing like 15 quid before this reprint, which is ridiculous, absolutely ridiculous. And then for the very first time in Foil, Basalt Monolith. Very nice in Foil. Yeah, which if this had been in, I think if this had been like prior Master sets, 
this had been in like Modern Masters 1 or like 2015 or something or I guess or if this VIP product didn't exist and there wasn't just a bulk way to get all of these foil uncommons I think this would be quite an expensive card yeah I always forget how expensive just Basalt Monolith is by itself yeah totally yeah for what it is it's been reprinted tons and tons and tons of times this is the very first time in foil so I think in, in the past we've seen prices on stuff like that just be absolutely sky high but because it seems to be like every other one of these VIP packs someone opens a foil Basalt Monolith it's like 3-4 pounds which it's fantastic, absolutely fantastic. Yeah, it's, it's making the cards accessible. It's great. Uh, so next up, we got Foil Blasphemous Act. So that was something that I wanted for my commander deck anyway because I didn't have one. Trade it so to me. Great. Trade it to me. I'll trade you a non-foil. No, I need it. I need. I'll it. trade you a non-foil. I've opened it. Yeah, sure. Okay, we'll do that. <laughs> Perfect. Uh, I assume foil versions of that probably would have been quite expensive in the past as well. Yes, they were. Yeah. Next to nothing now, so that's great. Uh, and then next up was my other foil rare, regular foil rare, which was Thoughtseize. Imagine what a, what a foil Lorwyn art Thoughtseize would have been in the past. And one Russian ones for like a thousand dollars. Yeah, they probably still are, to be fair. Russian Lorwyn yeah. foil Thoughtseize is probably still very expensive. Yeah. But now it's like 20, 25 quid. Yeah, it's great. This is why... It was when I looked on Friday. It's it's fantastic. This I, like, entire yeah. conversation is just proving why buying boost packs is a bad idea. <laughs> Yeah, because like, we were really, really excited about the fact that like foil thoughtsies is like twenty quid, and that's great. Yeah, and it means regular thoughtsies is like a tenner, and that's great because they're important game pieces in basically every constructed Magic: The Gathering format. But this also proves the fact that master sets like this, and when big reprints go into sets, the price just gets killed. So the big rare that you were hoping to open, like a thoughtsies, is just not worth opening anymore. So don't buy the boost yeah. pack. <laughs> Absolutely, yeah. There's, there's a little like the cards I've been through so far. It's like. Know, 30 quid maybe and this is from a booster pack I spent 84 pounds on which was yeah. a, a very very like unheard of price at the, t- the time I pre-ordered yeah, it but so then, now they're like 120 quid exactly like, but like, the, the, the reason that the boost pack is such a good thing is because prior to the boost pack existing or the set existing those cards cumulatively yeah, would have been like pounds. exactly yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah like well yeah one of them didn't even exist yeah four exactly already. yeah Cool, so then next up we come to the box toppers. Uh, I got a meddling mage, which nice. is fine. I didn't own any meddling mages. It's it's not a good one in terms of value, but I didn't own one, and I needed to pick one up from a cube anyway, so there we go. Sweet, That's good. Sweet. That's, you know, it's like, I don't know, anywhere between 5 and £15 pounds probably. Yeah, seems fine. And then finally uh, was a sword of fire and ice. Very nice. A very good one. Which... Yeah, the time of opening was like 85 quid, so it was the price of the pack itself. That's going to go back up, so we, absolutely. We, we hit there in the end. Um, yeah, again, that's going to go straight in my cube, because I didn't need one. But it can go in my cube, definitely, and then when GPs are a thing again, I'll trade it in for a regular one. And cash, lots of cash. Sounds so. great, yeah. Perfect. So, yeah, it was... I think all, all in all... Uh, it was about £150 worth of cards in, in one pack, which which may sound good, that may sound very good, considering it was like almost double the price of the pack, but those packs don't cost £84 now, a lot of those cards have come down in price, and it's it's gambling, it's absolutely gambling, do not be silly and buy those packs. It's wild that it took literally a $100 booster pack for people to realise that booster packs are gambling and loot boxes. Yep. <laughs> It took us yeah, this, oh, it took 100%. us 27 years of this exact model. I, yeah, I think 
I think that's a conversation for a, for a future episode because oh, I've yeah. got a lot of a lot of feelings and a lot of talking points on on booster packs in general and and you know are they gambling are they loot boxes? Yeah, I think I think we should we should definitely hit that up in a future episode soon, maybe even like next week. I'm into it. I, Let's go. Yeah, I've got like a whole hour I could do on that. I've got some some well thought out rational feelings about it. I think, and I've got the ability to just shout, "Don't buy booster packs!" a hundred times over. We're back. <laughs> that's the dynamic. <laughs> awesome. So I think yeah, that's a good a good note to to leave it on there this week. Unless there was anything else you quickly wanted to hit on before we get out of here. Uh, no. Uh, wear a mask, please. Yeah. For God's absolutely. sake, wear a goddamn mask and leave the house. Um, uh, black people are still being murdered by police. Uh, transphobia is still a huge problem. Uh, don't be a dickhead. Yeah, as always, it may, it may have been a little while since we last did this, but black lives still matter, trans rights forever, and yeah, wear a mask and don't kill your grandparents. Hell yeah. Awesome. So that is pretty much all we have time for this week. If you, how how have you been since since we last since we last did this? Get in touch. Let us know what are your thoughts on double masters. Did you buy any? Are you going to buy any? Are you going to buy any singles? Hit us up on social media. You can get at us on Twitter. We are at hrfdcast facebook.com hour of devastation or we're also on patreon.com slash hour of devastation if for whatever reason you you want to give money to us um so we can afford to buy more vip VIP boosters that's absolutely where that money would go (laughs) (laughs) absolutely absolutely has not and will not Uh, any any money we do get on patreon just just goes to the continuous running of the show um, and hosting costs and stuff and we are definitely going to be doing some perks once the world is a little bit more more normal again i would like to do like like patreon drafts and stuff at gps in the future i've got plans i've got a lot of plans i think my my content creation game as as it would be is is definitely something that's been on on the up recently absolutely yeah yeah i'm definitely looking into ways i can give back more because i've been i've been loving it i've been having a lot of fun so yeah it would genuinely be fantastic to hear from you if you have any feelings on today's episode put us up in those places or if you want to come at me on my own personal social media on twitter i am at peach garden oaf facebook i'm joe loudon find me in pretty much any of the magic groups and yeah twitch twitch.tv slash peach garden oaf come say hi i'm going to be streaming regularly uh, so my schedule currently is it's changed around a bit since we last spoke so it's currently every friday night it's going to be friday night magic from half seven probably going to be doing different things every week so this week i'm going to be opening a double masters booster box and doing a double masters draft on magic online uh, and then i've got social saturdays so that's going to be social games and party games so i've been streaming like jackbox games that's been pretty fun gonna try to stream a bit of fall guys as well i think this saturday hell yeah yeah lots of things Ooh, in the work hit me up for that stream i want to play some fall yeah. guys with you it's gonna be good gonna be good um as long as when you're doing the jackbox stream we don't play that goddamn dating game again because that, <laughs> that was truly a heinous experience <laughs> it was yeah it was one of the most confusing things that i've done it was, it was like what is this yeah. i don't understand this to suddenly wow i hate everybody and everyone's betrayed me. it's also it's just it just made me feel gross it's just anxiety the game <laughs> yeah <laughs> but it just forced you to talk to people you don't really know that well Great it's fun, a horrible great time. Uh, Where can people find you on the internet? Sam? You can find me on Twitter at snail69. Nice. If you like hot takes about everything, um, I'm on Facebook. I'm sure you know that by now. <laughs> yeah, somehow you're not on Facebook jail. <laughs> somehow, I mean, I I just stopped publicly saying that I want to murder Nazis. 
Yeah. Uh, so I've not been zucked in a while. Fair enough. <laughs> it's apparently that's the take I say for this podcast. <laughs> awesome. So that is pretty much all we have time for this week. Once again, we're approaching the second hour. The God Pharaoh has returned. So we'll see you again next week on Out of a Station. Mm-hmm.